You are listening to the B2B Marketing Mindset with Pete Monfrey and Bill Lowell. We want to help demystify marketing to reduce risk, drive more and better opportunities and grow your business. Are you ready to master marketing? Well, here we are again. Let's jump right into the B2B Marketing Mindset. By the timer there, we're about 34 seconds late. Oh my. I couldn't get the theme music to work, so who knows? Anyway, Thanks. hey, I'm Pete Monfrey. This is Bill Lowell. We're technologically Thanks. challenged, uh, and we're talking about sweeping changes in the B2B market. In fact, every market, and it affects every company, every industry. And, you know, why are companies sort of universally seeing lower close rates, lower, sa- uh, you know, longer sales cycles? Prospects don't want to talk to uh, you <laughs> or us or anyone, it seems. Uh, And every week we go live on LinkedIn to help you make better marketing decisions and demystify marketing, grow your business, all kinds of good stuff. And, um, you know, this is an important topic, I think. And I'll encourage you to stay through to the end when we share our final thoughts, kind of how to adapt and overcome these changes. And as always, there's a lot more information at B2Bmarketingmindset.com, as it says right there, right over there. Um, How you doing? I'm good. How about you? I am good. Sounds good. I'm excited about our panel coming up too tomorrow. So that'll tomorrow, be nice. Tomorrow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In fact, we're going to be going deeper with a bunch of panelists that I think you'll really dig on this topic tomorrow. And so we'll cover a little bit about why we're even talking about it today and what's happening. But yeah, tomorrow, 11 o'clock central. And um, got to sign up for this one and we'll put a link down in the comments. It's not going to be streamed live. But uh, but it is free to sign up. But it is free. That is that is one of the upsides. But uh, yes. But we'll talk about that more. Um, so change. Yeah. Change is all around us. You know. You know. I think especially since uh, the COVID disaster, uh, so many things have changed. I like to say pretty much everything's changed, but probably not your go-to-market strategy. So how does that make <laughs> any sense? <laughs> that is great, isn't it? I love that. So it's amazing. So everything's though. changing around, but we're gonna stay. That's the one stable thing that I have in my life is I'm doing the same thing I always did, huh? Doing the same thing you were doing ten years ago. Exactly. You know, I'm. Exactly. I'm gonna admit. I think I, I'm. We're. We can be guilty of that too. You know, it's sometimes very overwhelming to keep up with all the change. And it there's so many, we're gonna talk about the different areas that are constantly changing, not just because of COVID, but I think it's always been this way. And then how you can sort of adapt, overcome, and uh, and thrive as, you know, the chaos churns around you. You know, I don't remember who said, you know, the one thing you can count on is everything's going to change. I, yeah, I wonder if that was Peter Drucker. I, I don't know for sure, but, or but that's really, it's really, yeah, I don't think confused, but it's, it's an important thing. And that is really true, isn't it? You know, the only thing that's constant is change, you know. So. I think it was Peter Drucker. Um, yeah. You know, and, you know, you'll see a running theme, I think, in today's program as far as how do you keep up with this. But we'll just jump right into it because I know you people yeah. out there are so impatient. Yes. All you folks on LinkedIn and elsewhere on Pandora, on Spotify, on iTunes and iHeartRadio, all you impatient folks, we'll get right to it. Customer behavior. Man, the customers. What is with those guys? <laughs> Why are they making our life so hard? Yeah. We yeah. love them. 
their their life is changing too. So, you know, so the way they want to buy is probably changing. The the way you need to sell to them probably uh, needs to be changed or modified. And so, you know, there's change all around. There's change, like we talked about in the marketplace, there's change in the environment, there's change in the economy. I mean, it's coming from all angles. So I'm sure that the the customers are trying to adjust as well. Well, and we're seeing the outcome of how they're changing and it isn't necessarily a positive thing for a lot of companies. Now, right. there's companies that are just absolutely thriving also that aren't seeing much of a change, but but honestly, I don't meet hardly any, I'm gonna say I've really met any that are saying, oh no, everything's the same. Really, people right. are struggling with lower close rates. They're scratching their head, why? I mean, even, even like, mm. um, KPIs uh, that are leading uh, indicators like open rates on email campaigns or click rates, or they're not clicking on ads. They're not signing up for demos like they used to. Things aren't working the way that they used to. And there's some huge changes that are causing that. And it has to do with customer behavior. But I think, I think really everything we're gonna talk about today converges on that behavior. It's yeah. changing how people buy. So if you get out of sync with that, it's a problem and it's go ahead. I was just gonna say it, it's scary. I was talking to a company about a month ago and uh, their sales had definitely plateaued. They hadn't had growth for about three years. I asked them, you know, have you been out to see your customers or have you done a customer study or anything, you know, to get in touch, to find out what's going on. And what do you think the answer was? What's that? What's a customer exactly. survey? I love that. Something like that. I, I, like it those? was, that's how I interpreted it. <laughs> Did they just stare it, at you and then didn't say anything? I was like, but it was oh. really, it was really scary. You know I mean? They, they said the last time they, they surveyed their customers was over 10 years ago, the last, and then they were talking about their salespeople were like almost reluctant to get out now and, and go and see customers or get in touch. I was like, you know, so it's like, how are you going to find some of that stuff out if you're not doing something to monitor what's going on and, and the changing preferences, you know? Well, and if anybody reaches out and, and wants Bill to help you interview customers, he's not going to laugh at you like that. He'll be oh, really yes, nice about it. Well, he might. No, no, no. But not while you're there. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about it on the podcast. We're going to, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about you. Uh, you're doing that for me, actually. We're just getting ready yeah. to send out yes. to a bunch of lots of random people just to measure uh, perception and, and all kinds of things because I want to keep yeah. up with the changes. And really, it's not that difficult. And so that's, this is what I love about customers, customer behavior. Uh, it's just one of the, the most valuable, it's simple. Customers love to be asked what they think. It's just right. a really positive thing. And I just, you know, in, in fact, when we're doing a plan for companies, a lot of times we don't really start to pull things together until we talk to your customers uh, or people who fit your customer profile, for example. Sometimes we intentionally don't want to talk to customers. We might want to just talk to people who fit the profile. Or maybe you're a startup, right? And maybe you don't have a lot of customers yet, but you got to we'll help you put together that profile and we'll talk to people that are the types of people that you want to become customers and they will just tell you everything you need to know. So customer behavior, mm -hmm. one of the things constantly, constantly changing. Very unpredictable you know, because they're humans. Yeah. Usually. And, and so much has changed. It's it's very interesting. I don't want to say that I'm on the leading edge because that would be, you know, I'm giving myself compliments, but 
what I am, what I'm seeing is when people start coming to us to get some research or whatever, you know, something weird's going on. Now, I, I always say sometimes they're already way behind because they should have been doing this already, which I can tell you a little bit about that in a second. But it's like, but we're getting a lot of people coming to us now talking about, hey, we need to we need to better understand what's going on. And I, I applaud them. But uh, that's why I think there's some I think there's lots of stuff happening out there. You well, know, I, I don't I don't think it's it's you know, it ain't bragging if it's true. I mean, you run a re yeah. marketing research firm. And yeah. so you should be on the cutting edge of what is happening because you're constantly doing research and not just customers, yeah. but all across the board. That's why exactly. we uh, like working with you, too. Um, and so uh, can I can I mention one thing, Pete? Uh, of course. The, the one thing that's scary that I want listeners to know about, though, is we can do all the research in the world. But if if companies aren't willing to do something about it or change then then they're wasting their money with us. I I have a few clients, unfortunately, that we've done the research and they've done nothing. You know, they've done yeah. nothing about the findings and they were major findings. So, you know, you you get that, too. So don't do it unless you're really interested in finding out what's going on. Well, it could be, too, that you have you, you have every intention of doing it, but it, it is hard to execute. I think, yeah. you know, in fact, you can get help for execution. And a lot of markets are such that you don't need a better idea necessarily anymore because there really aren't any new ideas as far as I can tell. Uh, yeah. But you can certainly out execute your competition. Which brings us to our next point, things that change yeah. the competitive landscape. I mean, I, it's, this has happened so often to us where, you know, we might ask a, a client, you know, who are your, uh, your competitors because we want to go out and study them, spy on them. Um, gather intelligence, we like to say, spy. Yeah. Um, and they may give us three or four, but then when we actually go out into the marketplace, we discover a whole slew of companies that they don't know existed. And we didn't know they existed either, right? right. Because the companies right. are constantly starting, other ones are going out of business. Yeah. The competitors you know of, they're changing just like you're changing. There may be they're pivoting, they're entering new markets, they've they're innovating, right? And you don't exactly. know any of it because when is the last time you went out and looked at even just casually looked at competitor websites? Right, right, exactly. You know, one of the things that I really appreciated of what you've put together, and I think if companies work with you, they already know about this, but your blueprint where you do that competitor analysis is like, that is like such a sophisticated model that if people are interested, they should... They should see that thing. That is one beautiful piece of work as far as oh, I'm concerned. You know, it's only taken us 30 years to develop it. But <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, it. yeah, we're measuring uh, we're measuring you, your company and your top four competitors on the same 20 factors. It's a weighted scale and it gives yeah. us a map of where they're weak and you're strong and vice versa and how you can exploit those weaknesses. And it's just up to date information. It takes about a week. Uh, it's really fast and, you know, you can do it uh, every six months. Um, yeah, the other you thing should is, do it every six. That's I think that's a good number. I mean, yeah. it's not expensive either. Um, no. The other thing I ask people, when the last when is the last time you visited your own website? Yes. You know, we're not, I'm not criticizing. It's like it's hard, man. We have so much going on. Yeah. It just doesn't occur to us sometimes. Just I'm going to carve out an hour and I'm going to go look at let's say the competitors that we're just button heads with most often. Right. 
um, and just just go through. I mean, it's funny how much information companies will put out there, right? We did a competitive intelligence uh, project for a company, and we found a competitor's complete marketing strategy and their oh. metrics and <laughs> everything that was going on on the LinkedIn profile of their marketing director. Oh, my gosh. And we're like, so uh, here's everything these guys are doing. I mean, that was yeah. like a easy slam dunk, but yeah, that's, you'd be that's amazed. Not... We found complete marketing plans online that were just publicly available. Now, huh. I think it's crossing the line to, to you know, if I were to take, find a marketing plan of a competitor and just hand that to my customer, I don't think that would be right. But I can tell you it will inform my recommendations. Um, yes, but it's just, just incredible how much information is just readily available out there. Um, and so competitive in, uh, intelligence, keeping up with the competitive landscape, it's, it's you know, not as hard as you think. One of, the, one of the things that we've done, and I'll just share a couple of them with regard to that, um, where we've run some testing in focus groups where we have like maybe some messaging or an ad, you know, or a radio ad or a television ad um, from our clients. And then we also run a few competitors and we get audience members or unbiased people to comment. And actually that's pretty powerful. But one of the things that we found in, in one of our recent ones is that uh, one of the competitors of one of our clients is stealing their messaging oh. and some of the things that they have been saying. And so it's like, it was kind of wild where they go, Oh, that's, you know, they mentioned, you know, somebody else. And we're like, what do you mean? That's our step. We went and checked it out. They they actually swiped word for word some of the exact same messaging. And I'm like, you know, so so doing some competitor stuff, you find out what's going on as well. But but to your point, I think, you know, even looking at it, maybe, maybe they're doing something new, maybe they're doing something innovative, maybe they're looking at new markets, maybe they've already expanded, maybe they've done something else. But you you like you said, you got to stay on top of that. But I I love your blueprint for that. I, you know, I I that's the one I'd recommend just because people can kind of do that with you. And then yeah. it's really a powerful tool, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's just, I just like it because it's so expedient and um, you know, it is qualitative. And the thing that we see the most is that people just assume they know what's happening in their industry or in their market because they've been in it so long. Yeah. But then if you just logically look at how much has your own company changed in the last right. few years, how, you know, how have you pivoted? Your, your competitors are pivoting too. Um, yes. And so competitive landscape can change before you know it. Um, your own company. I mean, I, I don't know of a single company right now, and I'm talking to companies all across the country every week, all kinds of people, leaders of companies. Um, I, don't, I, can't, I don't think a single one has is, is not pivoted in some substantial way since 2020. Yeah, I, I, so I think you're right. Another area of change, you you're changing, your company's changing, your people are changing. Yeah. Right now, you know, uh, retention's a big deal. It, it is, isn't it? And and both retention in employees and customers. So I think, you know, uh, if, you, if you can't find the employees to help monitor or help with customer service or help fulfill what the customer needs, that's, that's significant too. So I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. You know, you, you want to you want to stay competitive and take a look at yourself. One of the things that you and I have talked about, and we've talked about maybe doing a podcast on this in the future, but having everybody even just look at the life cycle of your products and services, you know, and finding out 
where you are. I mean, doing a little bit of a deep dive, you can do this internally, but do a deep dive and take a look at that because maybe that will help you make some tweaks. If something is in some mature areas or you got a mature product line or mature markets, maybe it's time to do some things that are innovative or to come up with some other new product lines. So, well, and we used to do this all the time together where, you know, depending on what stage you're in on that market life cycle curve, there are totally different strategies for a, let's say, a mature product uh, as, as opposed to an emerging one or a declining yeah. one. And so this might be a good time. Let's jump over to our uh, our little promo screen here, the B2B good. buyer's journey tomorrow, October 27th. If you're seeing this in a rerun, uh, then you missed it. But uh -oh. um Sorry, uh, you know, it's tomorrow. Uh, it's uh, at 11 o'clock Central Time. We've got Bill and I, probably the most important people on the panel. Or yeah, no, I should say the I least. Far. We're the least important. Uh, Tim, uh, uh, Tim from Brain Trust Partners. Um, Tim Hayden, uh, David Smith, wicked problem solver and futurist. Wayne Meyer who is doing some super innovative things, you know, with a company that is an industrial, uh, it's a plastic extrusion company. Um, remind me of the name. I'm just blanking on it. Gifram. Gifram, Gifram. Gifram Extrusions. Yep. Sheboygan. I think it's Sheboygan or Sheboygan Falls, Wisconsin. Sheboygan. Uh, yeah. You know, I find industrial technology one of the most difficult places to innovate. And here these guys are doing some things. And I hope he shares with us what he's doing, because when he showed it to me, I was just like, you're a genius. That's crazy. Um, really, really good stuff. And uh, Mike Purnell uh, from, I love the name of his company, Belchfire. Because <laughs> if you've ever gone out in Sheboygan and drank a lot, maybe a lot of Pabst, uh -oh, uh -oh, and then you uh -oh. ate some of that like microwave burrito, you know, you're going to Belchfire. Oh, no, no, no. It would be definitely, it would be Polish sausages or bratwurst. You know? <laughs> there you Come go, on. the brats. That's, yeah. Yeah. You know, well, it's fun. I like it because it's funny is his company makes these uh, devices. They light boilers. And I don't know whose stroke of genius is probably Mike. You know, it these things belch fire. I mean, that's it's just an awesome name. But he's an incredible guy. And so uh, this should be a really good panel. And you can there's a link yeah. in the comments. You can sign up for it. Let's get back to our topic, shall we? Yeah. yeah that was a little commercial. You know, we, we were talking a little bit about company offerings and maybe I wanted to just you know, we've talked about a few things, but I think obviously looking at yourselves is a really good thing. And a lot of times when we've talked about strategic planning or when people, we always say, you know, spend time on your business rather than in your business. So in other words, step back a little bit and maybe there's some things that you can do or that your employees or staff can do to help you focus a little bit more on the business. And that might give you some good insights. And that's been advice for standard advice for decades, and we still don't do it very well. I don't do it very well either. Uh, you know, we're just scrambling all the time, it seems. But I think it's something you have to maybe force a little bit. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I know that I can say that we've we've changed our offerings quite a bit in the last three yeah. years. We've refined yeah. them. Um, lot, lots of changes. But let's get to the next thing for oh, time. Can I share time. one? Can I wear, share one tidbit well, of one of my? Of course you can. Before One of my clients, they are very, very innovative and creative. They've given all of their employees an iPad and they tell them that every week on Friday, we're going to download your creative ideas. And so they keep a creative bank of what are the possibilities for their company. 
I, I just think that that's a genius. You know, even if they came out with one or good, you know, one or two new product ideas or services, it's a great idea. So, but it's a way to get everybody engaged and thinking about the creativity, new business, innovation, whatever the case might be. Yeah, and innovation can come from anywhere. Um, you know, are they hiring? Because I could use a new iPad and uh, exactly. sounds like a cool place. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, go there and work for a day, get the iPad. Just and get the iPad and we're out of there. Um, yeah. Legislative changes. Legislative. I hope that's spelled right. Uh, legislative changes. Um, I think this is one that isn't thought of very often. And it, some some industries affected more than others. But honestly, we're all affected by legislative changes. And how often do you think of that? It's, yeah, it's bad when it sneaks up on you, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the one of the things that we do for our clients, when they go through their strategic planning, we usually do some kind of research called an environmental scan where we'll take a look at all of the, the legislative stuff. We'll look at economic stuff, geopolitical. I mean, we'll look at all of it just to kind of see is anything on the horizon that could impact them as they're planning for their future. But you right. are so right. The majority of companies never even think about that unless it, unless it's smack dab right in the middle of them, you know? Well, my amazing and wonderful wife runs a design media production company, has been doing it for 30 years. Uh, and we, the globalization of that business took us by surprise. Uh, this yeah. is now 15 years ago, but it also completely changed the nature of the business, the uh, perceived value of the business. I think now it's there's almost a backlash happening where you know, people have had about enough of that dude in Bangladesh, you know, and they're looking for something a little better in terms of not just the creative ability or the, the look of things, but they're looking for reliability, consistency, professionalism. They're not getting it from India, Punjab. You know, they're not getting it from these other places. Hey, more power to them, but we are seeing changes and backlash. And in fact, when you're, th when you're talking about buyer behavior, mm -hmm. one of the sage advice things I see all the time is, you know, buyers want to self-serve. We'll talk about this more tomorrow on the panel. They don't want to talk to your salespeople. They don't want to look at your demo, right? So you, so the answer for some is, hey, you need to be providing high quality content so they can do their own research. Well, wait a second. I think it's McKinsey says when they surveyed business people, one of the complaints was there's so much high quality content that they're overwhelmed by it. Yeah. Now, I wish I had a cool, ready, smart answer for that. I don't. I mean, this is a this is a complicated issue, and I'm I'm looking forward to hearing from the panelists on that. We like That'd to think cool. that we're putting out quality content. We like to think that. Well, somebody told me that it's like drinking from a fire hose with us. You know, I still think the more you can do to educate your customers, which is what you do. You know, I I think you give them the benefit of the doubt is what I'm saying, and so hopefully they'll they'll learn some things, but. Exactly like you said, if it's all self-service and they're having no one helping guide them, I don't know. I mean, hey, listen, if we're going too fast for you, there's a little gear down at the bottom of your video player. You can play this <laughs> at half speed, okay? Oh, is that technology? Is that what you're talking technology, about? Technology, right, yes. Technology. Could lead into the next uh, headline, technological change. Anybody heard of AI? I don't know if anybody's heard of it. This thing, AI, mean? I don't know. Animals. Animals are innovating. Is that Innovation. <laughs> yeah, that must be it. Uh, I mean, God, technology, the march of technology, uh, the growth of CRMs. I mean, 
this is not a new thing. I, I would say that I think technologically, and maybe it's my age showing, it's the I think it's the hardest thing to keep up with. I mean, just look what's happened with the sophistication of Facebook advertising. Right. You know, the tool sets they have now, the way that you can target people, it is nuts. Um, and it's not simple. I mean, one piece of advice I give to people, they, they say, hey, look, uh, you know, my uh, niece just graduated from college and she's so good at Instagram. We're going to have her run our social media. I said, OK, well, that's great. If Here's a way to test. All right. We just want to test. We'll make sure. Right. Have her log into uh, business.facebook.com. Right. And give you a little tour of it. If that goes well, hire that person. Right. It's not just about posting stuff. It's like it is very, very sophisticated. So that's just one thing. I mean, it's crazy. Well, and you just I think what you're talking about is if you're just posting stuff, that's one way communication. You know what I mean? What are you doing to engage to get it coming back at you or to understand the trends or any of those kinds of things? So I think you are just so right with regard to that, you know, but a lot of people have changed just with regard to the Zoom. You know what I mean? Look at since COVID all of the people that are doing the zoom meetings or, you know, or, uh, I think it's just zoom. I don't know if it's the zoom. Okay. I think it's maybe, maybe it's just zoom. I just teased it, but you're right. <laughs> like meeting. teleconferencing. Yeah. I mean, we had zoom before, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well then I, you know, I'm one of them. I discovered, Hey, this zoom thing keeps me out of traffic pretty well. I kind of like it. Yeah. Cuts down on travel costs. Uh, a lot of people don't like it. Right. And they prefer to meet in person. That's fine. Uh, well, it's the it's the rare person that I will meet in person. <laughs> you got to be pretty well, important. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, that's, if, you, if I'm going to meet with you in person, that's that's great. I'll fly to Wisconsin to meet with you, though. Well, we'll we'll meet halfway. We'll you know. Um, <laughs> nice. But you know what? You know, and it's funny because. We've had a platform that we've been using for over 10 years to do online focus groups. They're exploding now because everybody's so used to doing the Zoom and doing the online platform for the online focus groups. Now I'm thinking, I don't understand why this wasn't popular. Just like you said, you know, seven, eight years, but you know, we've had this technology, but we're adjusting and people's, I think what your point is, people's needs are changing. Their preferences are changing. You better know what those are, but it is kind of nice because you could do a focus group with people from all over the world or all over the country Absolutely. and you don't have to pay for travel costs to get them in to do a, I mean, so they're saving a lot of money that way. You know, This program is made possible by Zoom. Uh, you know, we're in two different places. Um, and, you know, that I think that's going to be a big topic on the, on the panel uh, on tomorrow on the 27th. Hey, do we have a link to the panel down in the comments? We do? Okay. Awesome. So you can sign up for that. I would do it right now. I it's not so. like the tickets are limited or anything. There's, oh, no, I they're very coerce. limited. Are they limited? They're going fast, yeah. There's, There's just only a, a certain number of seats on Zoom. That, uh, that's it. <laughs> but uh, technological change, massive. Uh, Salesforce, HubSpot. I mean, I remember we one of our clients was SAP yeah. back in the day. And, and their biggest problem was they had, they had created this almost inscrutable CRM and their adoption rate was just terrible as people were like, hey, and, and what we did through our research, and I, we may have even worked on this, it was we we've discovered that the, the real problem was they were kind of asking people to change how they worked on a day by day, hour by hour basis. That was a lot to ask. So they really had to adapt. But then you know, we, we've got competitive landscape. Salesforce comes in 
And I don't know. I mean, some of you, uh, you know, senior citizens out there might remember ACT. Uh-oh. Remember ACT? Yeah. Remember, uh, was it called Goldmine? Oh, oh, you're taking me back. Oh, my. Uh, you know, these are no longer in existence. And I always liked to act. I thought it was easy to use. Salesforce now, biggest complaint there, too complicated, right? And so we're, we're it's like a circular pattern of technological change. It's very easy to get lost in that. You know, that is that is just so true. We just updated on our uh, all of our research database systems that we use. And it's like 10 times more complicated than the last version that we had that was three years ago. And so... You know, I know that some of our staff members are pulling their hair out trying to, you know, to come up to speed on it. It's just, but but the offerings and the things that it can do is so much more advanced. So, you know, by the well, time we figure it out, we'll have a new one. You know, It makes me think of cybersecurity, you know, yeah. where it used to be that only the bigger companies were worried about uh, cybersecurity. It's really filtered down to, you know, even small companies are seeing uh, attacks on their websites, for example. You know, yes. we've gone to the point where, you know, we have a version of WordPress that we we use when we do web development that where we've gone in and we've fixed a whole bunch of vulnerabilities in WordPress just because yeah. it's just not for, you know, security isn't just for the big guys anymore. Um, right. It's crazy, this technological change. And of course, with artificial intelligence, who knows where that's going to lead. I would love to just talk about that on a program. It went from such a promising thing to honestly yeah. kind of crap at this point. I mean, it's like, I can't get nothing good out of it. Everything I get out of it, I'm just going to rewrite the whole thing because it's it's become like the dumbest kid in the class. Yeah. I don't know what is happening with that. I, I have no doubt that it's going to improve and, and be a significant game changer, at, but it's just not not now. <laughs> um, you know, still can't draw hands, apparently. Um, but you know what, though? You know, and I understand because there's probably a lot of companies that are going through all this. All of the things that we've been talking about cost them money. You know what I mean? And so it's like, so if things have kind of, you know, melted down for them or things are changing and they're trying to figure it all out and you've got all of these things, including technology, that everything is costing money. Everybody's has to update or they have to worry about paying ransom for, <laughs> for somebody <laughs> hacking their system. Right. I, you know, it's got to be frustrating. It's just got to be frustrating for, you know, for the business owners and for everybody else that I- have their business. I think it's a good topic for a whole podcast. I mean, especially this ransomware thing. And yeah, you know, well, we have some we have some good stuff to share on on helping you avoid that. Um, economic yeah. change. I mean, this is an easy one. What was the yeah. biggest economic change in our lifetime? Oh, I don't know. Maybe COVID uh, shutdown. The illegal, immoral, and ridiculous COVID shutdown that hurt so many people. Hey, Crazy. I don't mean to have an opinion. Um, <laughs> but. But honestly, uh, economic change, cyclical economic change. I when I graduated from high school in uh, 1881, no, 1981, um, that was the re- that was the be- the beginning or middle of the Reagan uh, re- recession, one of the biggest recessions in history. And that was Jimmy then, Carter's recession. Was it Jimmy Reagan, Carter's? Yeah, I don't Reagan remember which one it. claimed it. Um, but I, mean, I think we've had seven since then. Right. So economic changes, what is happening in the economy? What are interest rates doing? My my dad had a cabinet shop for nine years. It was very, very successful. And then all of a sudden the Fed changed the rates. People weren't borrowing money to build custom kitchens, went out of business. Right. Economic change. It's good to see those (laughs) 
in the you know through the windshield instead of the rear view mirror so again and we're going to talk real quick i got one I mean, more thing and we'll talk about what can you do about this in our final thoughts i was just going to mention too i mean look at all the furniture manufacturers that we used to have in this country you know especially in the south and everything like that and i mean china has really done a lot with that too just because they made it a lot less expensive and so that's just that's just crazy too but the economic change uh, especially from the standpoint of, you know, when companies see it and they pull back, which is their natural inclination, oh, we're gonna we're gonna pull back. It just sets you way way behind when times do turn around. You know? Right, it creates a ripple uh, effect. I, I was thinking about this. We were watching Boardwalk Empire for the second time, uh, which <laughs> okay. really held up for us. I had forgotten everything that <laughs> happened in that program, and um, but I was noticing how ornate everything was. And the, the amount of workmanship and labor that they could afford to put into a chair or, or yes. a, you know, everything. I mean, it was just and, and it occurred to me that the, the power of the dollar, um, the the march of capitalism, it yeah. what do we have now? Ikea, we have disposable furniture. And my dad was a furniture maker. Right. And, and yeah. even what he would do is almost not even feasible today unless you're really operating way at the high end of the market, very niche oriented. That was the standard in the 70s. I know it. Heirloom quality furniture. Oh, it it almost doesn't exist anymore. Um, spectacular. And it, it's all economics. And so, which is a class that I, in college, I, um, I wrote on the test, the final test. I said, I think all ec economists are guessing. And that's all I wrote. And I got a B. So that's pretty hey, that's good. great. Oh, that was good. I had no idea what was going on in that class. Um, <laughs> You were guessing. And neither did the professor. So we were exactly. on even ground. Um, it's like weather, like meteorologists. Uh, geopolitical change. Man, this is a topic for right now, ain't it? Uh, geopolitical change. Scary. I mean, it affects, you might think, well, uh, does it affect us? What's going on over across the world? You know, well, what about gas prices, the, the right. cost to deliver goods, the goods that you buy, the raw materials, the stuff what that our the clients chain? buy, the supply yeah, about, chain? You know, yeah, remember when you couldn't buy a car? Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, empty car lots. I mean, um, what's happening geopolitically? Now, you can put these in some kind of hierarchy, um, of course, but um, yeah. but, you know, you might spend five percent of your energy on keeping up with geopolitical change, but you might spend 50% uh, on customer research, right? And so these are the things that we help clients with every day. And so, uh, but I think that's a good one. I, I, he, you're depressing me. <laughs> with it's all depressing. of these things, if I'm, if I'm a business owner or a marketing person, I'm going, oh my God, I, is there any hope for us? That's what I'm wondering, you know? There is hope. We're going to share some okay. hope with you now in our, great, great. our final thoughts. Ooh, all right. You know, it's funny. The voiceover on that graphic sounds like a munchkin on the, on the screen, but in the actual <laughs> video, it's really deep-voiced. I don't know what happened there. Uh, I'll have to figure that out. Um, so, uh, you know, what, what isn't changing? Let's talk about what's not changing. You know what's not changing? Your go-to-market strategy, all right? You still think it's 1994, What's up with that? You know, I see a lot of websites that look like stuff we were making in like the late nineties. You know, what, what happened there? Uh, well, I love it also when people say, Hey, let's visit my website, but don't really look at it. You know, 
That could be a problem. Exactly. Don't even look at it. Not sure how to follow those instructions. Exactly. Um, So I think that's the point of tomorrow's panel called the post-COVID B2B buyer. And we're talking about humongous shifts in how buyers are changing their behavior. But it really is in the context of all the stuff that we've talked about on today's program. And so it directly affects how you go to market. So if you're still doing the same things you were just five years ago, you're probably behind the curve. Is that safe to say? I mean, you're the research oh, guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I always say too, if you're doing it even two years, I mean, research gets out of date after probably two years. So it's like, you better, you better stick with what's, you know, what's happening. So I think you're absolutely right. I hear a lot about the year 2020. Um, uh-oh, uh-oh. Well, it's almost like we got halfway into 2020 and yeah. and the mood of the market was sky high. Everybody was just like, hey, man, we are finally cranking. Yeah. And nobody could have expected how COVID shut literally everything down. I mean, I have friends that are, are literal rock stars and they were sitting on their butts in their apartment going nuts because they're used to being on the road all the time. But with the nice part was we got to be able to talk, you know, uh, more. But that's crazy to think that mm-hmm. arena rock, you know, acts were just shut down. I talked to one promoter. He said, I just I just canceled 100 shows oh, wow. in two days. Um, and that's just the music industry. Uh, you know, your go-to-market strategy needs to be updated. I, I think every two years. And and look, you don't have to hire us. I mean, this is stuff. This is all stuff that you can do on your own. All right. Now we can quibble about if that's a good idea or not, because you're going to be full of bias. You might not. You you might see through the lens that your bias affects how you see it. Maybe you're not up to speed on. You know, it's going to take you maybe a lot more energy to get up to speed. Where we're kind of constantly doing this stuff, so. I like to think we're up to speed, um, but I want to put that well, out we, there. It's not an ad for we, us. It's just saying that. Um, I, I think we are changing all the time because, as I've said, and you do the exact same thing I do. I mean, we become an expert in our clients industries for, you know, what I say is a short period of time while we're while we're doing work with them. So, um, so I, I actually think we're doing that constantly, constantly changing, just moving from one client to another or one industry to another. So I think that that's really important. Well, that cross industry thing too. I mean, I think that's an advantage too, that we have that where when you work across a number of industries, you really start to see patterns that all these industries have in common and you can start to see larger trends. And that's, that's one of the more exciting parts of, of my job. But, um, but I think you have to look at your marketing and even your sales process on a cycle, like a cyclical basis like where you're revisiting your assumptions, you're looking at new data, and it just becomes part of how you operate. I think that's how you deal with change. Right. Um, and certainly there's a leadership aspect. Yes. Uh, I, I think there's huge problems right now in recruiting. You know, and the, the mantra is nobody wants to work. You know, it's a much bigger issue than that. All right. Um, and... You know, I would love to do a show about that sometime. Uh, Actually, I think that would be a great one because I've heard that a lot from my clients. You know? And I'll tell you what, it ain't true at all. Uh, it, I think if you read these job ads 
and you look at what they're asking for and what they're willing to pay, kind of not not too hard to figure out the problem. Uh, but but there's other issues, and it's actually technological. It's the way they do it. It's there's all kinds of stuff. But at the end of the day, recruiting is marketing. How are you marketing your uh, value as an employer? Right. Right. So it could be a great topic, but. I think this is this is a crazy good topic, and uh, we ought to revisit this because everything's changing all the time. I, I think that would be fun, and uh, I think to your point, what an opportunity for people to listen to some great, great speakers and insights tomorrow. So tomorrow, can, hey, let's go to they, our, our little slide don't they here. Get a, don't they get a chance to send in questions to some of they the panelists too? So, so what we're going to do is uh, from about eleven to noon, we're going to have our panel discussion. I, you know, I wish, I wish we could cover more questions during that time, but it's it's just pretty goes fast. And then we're going to have about a half hour, maybe forty five minutes, where we can answer questions from uh, the folks that are, uh, I don't know what to call them, uh, in the audience. In the audience. Uh, yeah, in the audience. And uh, and these panelists are, they're brilliant people. I mean, uh, you know, I think I'm going to be the dumbest guy in the room, and I'm the moderator. You're moderating. We're going to moderate together and we're going to, I'm going to try not to talk. I, I just thought I just going to listen and have a cup of coffee. And just learn, gonna you know? <laughs> but, you know, I'm not kidding. I, I, you know, I'm not just blowing smoke. Uh, and, you know, these are people that half of them I've known for a long time. I think the other half you've known for a very long time. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get to be on our panel, just, you know, guy off the street. And so I am excited and um, I think it's going to be really good. And, uh, you know, you're right. Just some, just some outstanding people. I think it's going to be uh, just terrific. And I think, like you said, it's, it's unfortunate. We just have a limited amount of questions that we can engage in. But I think we've picked some of the best questions to engage. I hope so. so. I think that I, I, we're going to find out. If we don't, the audience members are going to send in their questions, and we'll ask that. So Right. Or they'll just split. I don't know. But, uh, no, they won't. You, you won't split. They'll, they'll be captivating. I learn something every time, and that's my goal. Uh, so, um, you know, even if it was just us in an empty room, I would still love to do it. So, um, but I think, uh, you know, I will see final you thoughts. tomorrow. Oh, hey, we got the final thoughts going on again. Guess I have to kill that before we uh, go. You know, right. if it weren't for making mistakes, I don't think this show would be as entertaining. Well, we learn from them, don't we? No, not really. We just repeat the same mistakes over and over again. Oh, so we're doing the same thing that we always do for the last 10 years? Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, listen, I think it's a great topic. I think that we still have, you know, we're up to our ears in this stuff all the time, and we still have a lot to learn from it. And so, you know, we'll be covering more stuff next week. We'll hopefully see some of y'all tomorrow. If you're listening on one of the audio-only platforms, you get to see the video with the awesome visual aids that sometimes come up randomly uh, at b2bmarketingmindset.com. Let's put that up on the screen right there. Um, and until next week, I need a pocket uh thing what is that called whatever pocket square pocket Pocket square i need something like that here like this oh there you go see that works and no one can even tell you know looks pretty good all right thank you sir more to come thank you enjoy it we'll see you guys tomorrow be there